Hola, my name is Magdala Ramirez, and I come from the Maya Mexica tradition, and I feel so happy to be with you all today. You know, we are bringing um, a beautiful ceremony for Tonantzin with all our hearts, and we have sisters coming from all directions to have that beautiful ceremony and today we're going to be talking about the story of Tonantzin and uh, how it is that story so interrelated with all of us inside of us. It is very important too for me to announce that we have an openings right now in the School of Enlightenment in the School of Ascension that it is in my website as well as to tell you and remind you to download our new app, Messages from the Great Mother. Because it has been very, very beautiful how the synchronicities and everything inside of you, in some way receiving that message, it really helps you to connect with the one that created you. So... I want to start by telling the story of what happened and what was the situation for the Great Mother to come. It happens long time ago when it was all this beautiful, beautiful temple that we have about Tonantzin, the mother of all the living things. And it was destroyed, this temple, when the Spanish arrived in Mexico because of the invasion, you know, and how do this was working for the people. It was a terrible times because it was the imposition of the church, the Catholic Church, that the Spanish came and very much say to our people, you need to come to the church or otherwise I will kill you. So it was all these killings happening because there was no way that our people are going to go to church and embrace that culture when we have all these understandings and all this amazing, beautiful knowledge and wisdom that connects all the way to the stars. So it happens one day when quietly that actually means Juan Diego, means eagle. They call it Juan Diego, but proudly means eagle. That he was going and passing through where used to be that temple. When he saw this beautiful, beautiful energy around. And then he goes and said, where I am. Do I am in the world of the enchanted flower? And that is the first mysticism to comprehend. Because when you ask yourself where I am, it truly creates a very different story. It helps you to bring the presence of your own presence. You know, I want to introduce you, Patrice and Teddy, that they are right here with me that they are going to participate in this story too. So when you ask that part of you, 
where I am. What happens, Patrice? Well, you know, lots of times you're just kind of going on unconsciously. So when you ask that question, you're really asking yourself to be understanding exactly where are you standing. And, and, and just by asking it, that means that you're asking for that alignment and that presence. And uh, it's a really great um, to practice that all the time. And you don't let your mind to just divagate and all that illusion about it. You stop what you're thinking and really bring that presence of your own presence. And then the next part for him was, do I am in the world of the enchanted flower? This is a very powerful knowledge. Because for us, that's how it's being called. You know, for Christianity, they call it the kingdom of heavens. You know, they have the Bahala, we have the Shambhala for the Indian people. There is so many names that this world have. And that is what we call the next dimension. The next understanding of this dimension. And understanding this world where it is a world of unity. So when he asks himself where I am, do I am in the world of the enchanted flower? Because he could feel that something was different. He could feel that something was really connecting inside of himself. And then here comes the great mother. Her name is Tecuautla Cuepeu. Means she the one that comes from the realm of light in form of an eagle of fire. That's her name. And they do change it, her name, because the Spanish could not pronounce Tecuautlacuepeo. But her original name is important because it shows where does she's coming from and why she was there too and how she show up in that beautiful mountain of the Tepeyac. So when he encountered the Great Mother and began to talk to her, says, Oh, my little one, for us, little one is not about diminish something. On the contrary, it's about talking in that beautiful realm of love and understanding. It is never about diminish something, you know, making something little. It is something that we caress it, that we honor, that we treasure. So that is that part in ourselves that we see it in a very, very different ways in our culture. Then she told him, I want you to build a temple in here. I want my temple back in here. And I want you to go with these people, the invaders, very much, and tell them that I want a temple in here. And he goes, I cannot do it because, you know, I am just a little man. And they won't listen to me. They won't understand me. They won't listen to me. And she goes, I want you to go and tell him how, and he agrees with it, but how do this feels for you? You have a purpose in life. 
you have something that you need to do and you feel I'm not good enough. How can you ask me to do this when I'm not good enough? Or how other people will look at me? What do you guys think? Well, that's, you know, that's so true that um, dishonoring of ourself to do something that's bigger and you know that would reflect really who we are more and and it does seem to get in the way of of every of so much of the growth that we have available available to us or to me you know that part that you know I can't do it I'm not I'm not good enough I'm not worthy and but Really, it's more of a, I mean, I use it more of, as an excuse and then become deeper into those excuses rather than just, you know, doing it because of that I might actually accept myself in what I'm doing. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I see it also in myself, Teddy, because... For me to bring in the teachings of the Great Mother that I have been working all my life. I can see the biases of the people, especially in this country, that the only thing that they can see is the color of the skin, that they can only see <coughs> that part of the Mexican, you know, that in the United States is uh, a lower, you know, citizen or something, I don't know, you know, all these crazy things that a country have, and yet you can feel, and you can see, and you have this urge to bring him forward those teachings back into the people, because the mother wants all her children, all of them together in harmony, and you still need to go and say it. So I understand quietly why he says, you know, these guys are the invaders and they look at me as an indigenous man in my own country, in my own place. So you want me to go and tell the enemy that they need to build a temple in here? I mean, are you out of your mind? Why don't you choose some of those people to just build it for you? And you want me to do this because it needs to be overcome something. It needs to come from me. It needs to come from that part of these biases and these distortions of it. So, yeah, I could see why Quautli uh, was reacting about this. So, he goes there, <coughs> continuing the story. He goes there with the church people and said, Okay, can you listen to me? And they say, you need to wait in there. So he waited in there for the whole day and nobody could listen. Eventually this guy, <coughs> this priest come out and says, What do you want again? Says, Oh, the great mother says that he, she wants her temple back. And says, Yeah, whatever. Practically, that's what it says. And he goes back into his house. And he was thinking about it. Oh, my gosh, I failed. Because these people is not listening. 
And it is the great mother that show me and tell me, go and tell them, but they are not listening. Can people relate with it? You know, when you want to say something, this is a world of unity. This is the world of the enchanted flower. And they're not listening. So he went back into his house and his uncle was sick. And he was worried about it. And uh, the next morning when he was passing by over there, here comes the great mother and says, what they told you. And he says, I'm sorry, but they don't listen. You can tell them and tell them, but they won't listen because I am, they can only see the biases. Well, he didn't, didn't say it that way, but practically that's what he says. They can only see my part of indigenous, so they are not listening. I did tell them, but they won't listen because they can only see their little, little bitty world. So she says, go back and tell them. So what happens is he went back, but he wouldn't, they wouldn't listen again. He stayed there the whole time. And in that time, he's thinking, I have a lot of things to do. My uncle is sick. We don't have food in the table. I need to go to the shaman so they can heal my uncle. And here I am waiting for that, and uh, I need to take care of that. What do you think, Patrice, about that? You know, it can kind of remind you in, in my own life of all the things that can distract me from what I'm really here to do. And so you have all these excuses, you know, like, well, this needs to happen and that needs to happen, but it's really not related to the work that you need to do. So so you 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 get distracted and do that instead and uh happens all the time you know for me that is very very important because i can see how that part of wanting to take care of your little world before of taking care of the spirit even today in the morning you know we wake up and do our coffee and we're waiting for more sisters to come, and my gosh, there is so much love. And, uh, you know, people is hungry, people wants to do all these things, and and uh, the phone is ringing, and I can see the distractions, and I can see all these things, and I go, the first thing to do is this radio talk. And let's just start with that. But let's continue our story. We go back, he goes back into his house and seeing that, okay, I need to take care of my uncle. I need to take care of the food. So the next day that he's going and passing by, this is kind of a funny one because we have so many relations about this. So here is the great mother and says, what happened? And he pretends not to hear her. And he goes, she goes, Wildly, listen, it's me the one who's calling you. And he's pretending not to listen to her. And um, it's, uh, it's, you know, that saying it has become a very part of our culture in Mexico. 
because uh, um, uh, I don't know how to explain, but it is part of the culture. It's like pretending that she's not there, that she is not talking to you. And she goes, why are you pretending not to listen to me? You know that I am here. And finally he says, okay, okay, I was pretending not to listen. But here is my situation. I need to take care of my uncle because he's sick. And I need to bring food in the table. And you want me to go and spend the whole day with these people that they're not listening. And uh, and I need to take care of this one first. And not to spend all this time, you know, losing time with these people that they're not even listening. So I need to just go back into my little world. Well, he didn't say it that way, but, you know, I'm paraphrasing. And she says, okay, here is the deal. I am going to take care of your little world. I'm going to heal your uncle. And I'm going to take care of you and bring food in your table. But I want you to go back to these people and tell them again that I want a temple in here. And he says, okay, that's an agreement. That's a deal. And, you know, this is way, way, way too important because, you know, people think I need to take care first of my little world and then take care of the spirit. And not realize in it that the mother is going to take care of you in your little world if you put attention in your purpose in life. What do you feel? Wow. Well, yeah, you know, that just seems to be emerging, you know, that awareness of how much, um, how much she is there and that in that trust and that stuff on the day-to-day -day basis that has to be done even though you know it does have to be done but seeing how it how using it for a distraction just keeps you in it in those little duties in those in the little world of going around and around that it's not it doesn't get you higher and making the space for her and the spirit and making it you know making it honoring it and making it valuable and then it does change those other things but seeing the difference between her you know what she's bringing and what we're creating with the the littleness of it of our own stuff and we were talking this morning you know it really uh, boils down to the mother trusts us, but we don't really trust ourselves that, you know, and so we, we also think we trust her, but when it comes down to choosing between the spirit and the little world, we, you know, lots of times we choose that little world and it needs to be the other way around. Yeah. You know, can we trust her? Because here is the thing. When we were talking this morning, the mother believes in you means she is believing in you, means she is in you, she's living in you.
can you trust that? Can you trust that she's gonna be taking care of your little world? Can you trust that she is there and that's where you need to put attention about it? Can you do the spirit first? You know, can you trust that she's gonna provide? That she's gonna heal, that she is in you. You know, that's not the problem. You know, she is in you, she believes in you. The problem is can you believe in you? You know, can you trust yourself? And we were we were talking about, you know, people saying, Well, I have betrayed myself for such a long, long time. How can I trust myself again? And that was emotional, you know, for the people when we were talking about because it goes directly into that point. Can you forgive yourself and trust yourself again? I mean, you need you in your life. You mean that alignment with the one that created you to make your purpose. To actually believe that you have a purpose. That the purpose is not from the outside. That she's actually telling you your purpose. Revealing to you your purpose. So what it happens in our story, going back into our story, he says, okay, that's the deal. So he went there again with these people, with the biases and the racism and uh, genocides and all these bad people and wait again. And then here comes the priest and tell him, what do you want? And he says, the mother says, that you need to build a temple in this place in the Tepeyac. And finally he says, well, I need a proof. I need a proof. It's very, very important. You know, because, and he says, okay, I will go and tell her. He was the messenger. Beautiful, quietly. Oh my gosh, poor guy. These people need a proof. You know, they don't feel it inside of themselves. They're cut from their heart. They need a proof. What does this mean for you guys? What do you feel about it, my sisters? Well, we're in, we're in a society where really the heart is cut. And so it's always like looking for a sign that you're on the right track because you're always looking to the outside for some something that's going to tell you you're on the right track and uh instead of looking inside of you like wh what is it where am i how am i feeling it mm -hmm. and uh i guess i was feeling him too because he keeps going back because he knows that if this is going to help all of the people mm -hmm. which is a really important part of it and keeps doing it because of that, because he knows inside of himself. So, where's the proof is inside? I guess I'm, how I'm feeling. You know, he was trusting a hundred percent in the great mother. So when he went back to his home, he found his uncle completely healed. He found food in the table, and uh, he was so happy, saying, "Thank you, mama." that you make it possible that you heal my uncle 
as you said. And the next morning, he could not wait to be there with the great mother and say, Thank you, Tlatsokomati, for doing this, for, for providing for me, for healing my uncle, for taking care of my little world. And I did take care of you. I went there, and these people, they want to prove. In that moment, it was very, very beautiful. You know, you have the ayatl. Ayatl means, it's like, um, oh my gosh, I don't know how to explain it in English. The ayatl is like a cloth that you use in that time and space. And that is um, part of your garment. Uh, so the mother goes and said, okay, give them the proof. Look at all these beautiful flowers. That's why when the mother show up, it smells like roses. And it was all these beautiful, beautiful flowers. And it reminds me of this ancient um, writing. The place where you go into the world of the enchanted flower. And you go and pick it up, the flowers. The flowers is the wisdom. You know, when, when in our tradition they say, show me your flowers, it means show me your wisdom where you have been in the world of the enchanted flower, your teachings, your wisdom, you know, let it flourish, let it bloom. So he picked up beautiful flowers, and it was like a big deal because in that time it was winter, so it was no flowers, but it was full of beautiful flowers, and it was the white ones and the red ones and and. Uh, all these beautiful, beautiful flowers that it is very much connected with the four directions, the wisdom that we have. So he picked up all these beautiful flowers and, and she says, take them to this priest. And he went back into the temple, I mean into the priest, we can say, what is it, like, headquarters or something and he waiting there again until the priest says okay okay do you have the proof that I ask you and he says yes I do and when he bring his addle and open his his um, um, cloth that I was telling you about <clears throat> and all these beautiful flowers, they imprinted the great mother, Tonantzin, Tecuautlacuepeo, in, in his cloth. Um, that I don't know how to say that in English. And that was very, very beautiful because they understood that that temple needed to be done. You see, for them, it needed to be Catholic for us. That's our mother, Tonantzin. And they did build the temple in the Tepeyac because of that proof. And that it is still in Mexico. And you can go there in the temple of the Tepeyac and you can see how powerful and beautiful that image it is because each part of it it is encoded 
the dress is encoded with our symbols, our ancient symbols. So for the Catholic, they changed the name because they could not pronounce the Cuauhtlacuepeu to Guadalupe, you know. And for us, we said, well, whatever flows your boat, we know who she is. She is our mother. It wasn't about the mother of Christ. It was our mother, the essence of all the life forms. What do you, my sisters, feel about this? Well, the, you know, going back, the one thing that was so important was recognizing where it all came from. And, and so he did. But then um, the other really important part of this is seeing her and recognizing her. And for the people, it was really going to help them live because they recognized her as their mother, the mother of all the living things. And uh, it's part of what I think, you know, we need to do is see her, see all of that part of her inside of us. Yeah, you are the great mother. You know, I can see her through your eyes. I can see her through all the life forms. I can see her in the trees in the flowers, in the rocks, everywhere in me, in every aspect of myself. So here you have it, the story of Ponanzin and the story of the Cuauhtlacuepeu and how she has been everywhere and how she, through her story, shows us where we are and who we are. So we're going to have a ceremony. We're going on top of the mountain and we're bringing the flowers and we're carrying Tonantzin and we're going to sing and tell the story. We're going to bring her voice and make <clears throat> that connection that she is in us and we're going to be praying for the whole humanity. I am so happy to be doing this and there is so much love in all this beautiful sisterhood so many people coming and connecting with each other people loving each other people from all the colors of the skin ages backgrounds <clears throat> situations it doesn't matter the sisterhood is going and that's the way of the great mother she wants everyone to love each other she wants everyone to know that she will take care of your little world if you take care of the spirit and that it is very important for you to make your work because you are very important. So here we are. Tlatsokomate for your work. Remember that we are open in our school to make a spiritual work, you can find it in magdalas.com. That is M-A-G-D-A-L-A-S dot com. And we are open to registrations. We're starting the 21st of December again. And that is the solstice. I love you all so much. I am you. I am Magdala.